the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You'll be amazed at how much information God's Word provides. This all-day end-time seminar is Saturday, November 10th at Christ Church at Grove Farm. To learn more, go to endtimeseminar.com. That's endtimeseminar.com. Tonight we'll have an increase in clouds with a low 42. Then tomorrow we'll have variable clouds. It'll stay brisk and chillier with the high 53. Colder tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 36, a freeze in many outlying areas. Wednesday will be a brisk and chilly day with a mix of clouds and sun. High will be 46 in the laurels. There can be a flurry or two. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. The Monday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you as well. I'm having a snack. Mm-hmm. See, hold on. You're not supposed to chew in the microphone. That's a little... but, it's a, but it's a special day, and so I feel like it's appropriate. It's a crunchy snack you're mm-hmm. having. Today is, um, is it the International Day of Nut? It's just nut day. Nut day. That's all it is. It's not international or national. It's just nut day. I like the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. Nut day. Mm-hmm. Just six letters sort of describes where we are in the universe. Because we're all kind of nutty. Nuts are packed with uh, heart-healthy fats, John. Mm. Protein, vitamins, and minerals. Of course. <laughs> it sounds like tricks. Some studies have shown that if you consume nuts on a regular basis, you are less likely to suffer from coronary heart disease. Mm. Now, John... Uh, if there's anything I could say about myself, it's that I consume a lot of nuts. You do. You like a nut. You do. I believe in nuts. Mm-hmm. I just I think they're the perfect snack. Remember, uh, I bought you those two. Oh my gosh, cans they were good. They were really good. You bought them for me for my birthday. That I, was a very nice gift. But I bought you. Uh, you know, I, I bought you. What, what were they mixed called? nuts? But they were like high end nuts. They were. Right? They were. They were. They weren't your pedestrian mixed nut. Right. Because you know, like when you go to Giant Eagle and you see like the you know the high end, mm-hmm. no peanuts mm-hmm. is, is the, is the right. key word there. Right. So you got your pecans. You got your Brazil nuts. Cashews. You got your cashews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I bought you like the planters, which was like two dollars more than the Giant Eagle brand mm-hmm. of premium nuts. Mm-hmm. And we did sort of a comparison over time. I thought the giant eagle ones were better. I did too. I'm glad you said that. They were so delicious. Yeah. So who's ever packing those nuts locally okay, for giant eagle? Okay, but, but here's job. the thing. If you get the nut, those were the deluxe ones, right? Yeah. Premium, I would call them. You get the the regular? Oh. They're nowhere. How can, why are some nuts lame? What do you mean they're lame? They're just some nuts lame. Are lame. Oh, mean? yeah. Peanuts? I got a. I, I'm not trying to slam another uh, store, so I'm not going to say who they were. Okay. But I got a store brand of a, of a mixed nut last week. Mm. Didn't go well. T- totally worthless. Really? That is a bad tasting mixed nut that they have at the store. Bad tasting is just bad. Mm. No, it's kind of funny. How there's a sliding scale because, like, when you go see the pirates play and you buy your nuts, you like buy them outside going in. Of course, because it's cheaper. It's a buck a bag, right? And you buy a couple bottles of water. You walk in. 
Is there anything better than having peanuts? That is my very favorite thing. Mine too. I can't go to a pirate game without doing the peanut thing. Mm -hmm. Even if I have another snack, I have to add a couple peanuts to it. Yeah. Because it's not a baseball game if you don't do that. Right. How about Cracker Jack? Is that like the ultimate disappointment? Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. So what? You think? Wow, that's going to be really good. I'm going to love that at the ballpark. No. It's just. There's nothing special about it. It's just kind of dull. Although I would have some fiddle faddle. <gasps> fiddle faddle is fine because there's some peanuts in there. Fiddle faddle is delicious. Yeah. Fiddle faddle is, you know, if, if you want to spend some calories. I was going to say, it has like a kajillion calories mm-hmm. in it. It yeah. is so good. Okay, back to nuts because okay. it's nut day, John. I was reading this. Uh, according to the Washington Post, peanuts are no longer America's favorite nut. What? But they cashews, cashews. <gasps> No. Pistachios. No. What? <laughs> Keep going. Macadamia. <laughs> no, we're not going macadamia. <laughs> Hell, I that's don't know. Fr- that's a fringe nut. I you mean, know it people is. People have lost their minds, so we might have, well have a fringe nut. <laughs> well, that is a fringe okay. nut. Nobody's picking macadamia. What? No. no peanuts, no pistachios, no cashews. Right. What? Uh, what? Walnut? A walnut is a garnish. A walnut is nobody's favorite nut. Oh, I like a walnut. Do you like to crack a walnut? How about those little nut kits? You crack those walnuts that and use that little That bothers me just a little bit because I when like I was it. a little kid, uh, our house was under a black walnut tree. Oh. And you don't love walnuts if you have a walnut tree in your backyard. I'll be no, honest with you. That's a, that's a swift that. way for you not to like walnuts. Because you're stepping on them. And it hurts your feet. And they're rotting and they're... Right. Well, see, like, what, the smell of decaying black walnuts not is good. not good. Like when I had like my, my first apartment, you know, as like a you know as a young kid, I couldn't wait to like have like one of those little nut things. Oh, with like the that was like a big thing in the seventies where you had the bowl and yes, you had the nutcracker. Exactly. I thought that was like super grown up. Right. That was like back to nature thing. Right. Do you ever oh. have a nutcracker? Like a true like you know the nutcracker? Yeah. What, yeah. Of course. My parents had one of those. Like, and how about the? How about along with that, next to it had to be the cheese thing. You know that little silver thing that you would break. Oh, you know what I mean. Yeah, surely, that's but, that's sophistication. It's like the cheese slicer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the nut thing and the cheese thing. Yeah. So I had forgotten that they existed until I met my fa- my husband's parents, and they had one of those. And then when they passed away, they left it to yeah. us because my daughters think that is the greatest thing on earth it's sophistication is what i mean is. this is not a sophisticated thing well it's really to a young mind it right, is to a young mind it is okay can we get back to nuts <laughs> so what's america's favorite nut uh i don't know the don't... almond oh the almond the almond See, now you like uh, i like what you do with the almond you buy sort of like the like the lemon or the lime flavored or oh cilantro gosh. flavored or that chili spice oh that's pretty or how about nice. salt and vinegar mm. Oh Super my gosh. Delish. According to the Washington Post, almond intake has mm. increased by over 220% in the past nine years. Almonds. A, a rate that completely stunts the growth of other nuts, such mm. as walnuts and pistachios. Really? Yes. Now, see, how about the, the uh, pistachio? Now, when I was a kid, pistachios to me were exotic. Yes, Because me too. they were red. Yes. And right. then when you open them up, your fingertips got red. And then all right. of a sudden, all the red went away one day. I'm like, what happened to the red? Right, which is good because that was just a pain in the neck. Well, I, th- I thought that they were just naturally red, but they were not. They were dyed. And right. then, miracle of miracles, one day, the shellless pistachio shows up. I don't up. want that. Well, to be honest, I've tried them one time, and I felt as though I was cheating. So do I. I, I feel like, look, I, I'm, I'm a capable person. I can show my own pistachio. Right. And it's kind of like a nervous thing. It feels good it to is, do that. It is. It is. And it slows you down eating them. Right. You know what I mean? It takes you a while. It's like the peanuts at the ballpark. Right. If you look at it over time, you haven't eaten really that many peanuts. Peanut! because. 
There you go. Yeah, I'm telling you, it no doesn't. Ta- for it slows you down. So maybe by the end, I will have eaten, you know, ten peanuts. When it took me a long time to get those. 10. Right. Oh, you're not just eating ten peanuts. Well, I don't think you need to. Well, you count how many so. peanuts I'm eating at no, the ballpark. No, I mean you see the mess at the end of the game. I mean, That's a heck of a lot of peanuts here. I mean, for heaven's sake. Anyway, so salute to the almond yeah. today because it's National Nut Day. Though yeah. I just had some dry roasted peanuts that I thought were delicious. Uh, yeah, dry roasted's okay. I mean, just okay. How about the? Uh, are those like filled with sugar? Dry roasted peanuts? Yeah. They don't have any sugar. Uh, what nuts have sugar in them? Oh, my gosh. Well, you could get like candied oh, honey almonds. Roasted, honey, honey roasted. Oh, yeah, of oh, course. Honey roasted. That's the best kind. Oh, are you kidding me? Well, you that put sugar on you know a piece of wood, you're going to eat it. This has a lot of sugar. Hmm. Beer nuts. Beer nuts? Beer nuts? Never tried this. You've oh, never had what? beer nuts. Oh, my gosh. Mike, they're so good. They have that red cap. Yeah, yeah. You know, that red lid on the can. Beer nuts. Beer nuts I haven't had a beer nut in a long time. Awesome. They must have a lot of calories. I want a beer nut and a Slim Jim at the same time. Oh, my gosh. You like a Slim Jim, Mike? Oh, I love a Slim Jim. I love Slim Jims, but not that together, that, that combination Wait, sounds You've never had a beer nut, so you don't know what the combination's like. What are you poo-pooing that for? Plus, I've it's never, anything with a G- you, you've never had there. a beer nut, and I've never had a Slim Jim. You've never? Oh, my gosh. Well, who am I hanging out with? No beer nuts on this side. No Slim Jims over never there. Never had them. Don't you people have the common touch in life? Is, what's the deal? I don't, I huh? don't know. Hmm? I don't, it seems like a, like a heavily processed meat item. I don't care. It's, it's delicious is it what is it delicious. is. Delicious. Who wants a Slim Jim? I do. I want those big long ones. They're like the you know Three foot, foot long. Ones. Yeah, that's nice. That's sick. One that yard. Is, wait, come on. No, that cannot not. be good for anybody. One yard of processed be. meat. Coming up next, Washington Week in Review. We'll talk to our friend, SRN News White House correspondent, Greg Cluxton. Happy Nut Day. WORD. The next adventure with the folks in Odyssey begins like any other day. All right, Connie. I think that takes care of the library. And I finished the ice cream inventory. But it only takes one phone call to change everything. What's in? This is Connie. Oh, hi, Connie. It's Wooten. Oh, hi, Wooten. Yeah, I I don't want to alarm you, but I What news does Wooten have for Connie? Connie? I have to go in. Find out on the next adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now, they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley has got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative Agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. 
Eastminster Presbyterian Church on North Highland Avenue presents a two-day worship and music symposium, October 26th and 27th, designed for music ministers, choir directors, praise and worship teams, and all who want to take their worship higher. Taught by a cross-centered, cross-cultural, cross-section of the area's finest music clinicians. Featuring lectures, group instruction, an expert panel, and worship, so you can lift his name higher. Registration just $20. Sign up at eastminsterchurch.net. You shield my head in the day of battle. Amen? Amen. Based on the true story of an army chaplain and his wife. I only stand before you today because Jesus is my rock and because I have a family who loves and believes in me. One marriage, one family under God. It made me uh, appreciate family more. The theme of redemption was just so powerful. If that couple can find hope, I think we all can. Indivisible. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters October 26th. For tickets and showtimes, go to IndivisibleMovie.com. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis. P-E-L-L-E-S at PellisHVAC.com. The news waits for no one. Always our first guest of the week is Greg Clugston, who joins us from the White House. Greg is the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, my friend, how are you today? Welcome back. Hello, John and Kathy. Good oh, to be with you. So good to hear from you, Greg. Yes, Greg. Let's start with uh, the death of Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, as of today, the latest I saw is that the Saudi foreign minister now saying that Khashoggi's death was part of, quote, unquote, a rogue operation. Uh, what Do we know any details about this, Greg? Well, those are some of the details that have been released by the Saudis. Uh, apparently, the Turkish president uh, and the killing took place in Turkey inside the Saudi consulate there in Istanbul. But the Turkish president is going to be revealing the findings uh, this week, perhaps as early as tomorrow, of the Turkish investigation. And the president, President Trump, just a few minutes ago and leaving the White House on a trip to Texas this evening for a rally for Ted Cruz, was asked about this whole matter, and he said that he's not satisfied with the answers uh, and the evidence and the and the explanation so far. So that's very interesting. The president uh, it seemed at first to be giving lots of time and op- ample opportunity for the Saudis to uh, get their story out and their investigation finished, but he seems to be hesitant in terms of accepting exactly what they're saying. Yes. Now, Jamal Khashoggi, who at one time was a an insider with the royal family, mm-hmm. right? He uh, had a high position. Then he uh, sort of fell out of favor as the crown prince rose to power. Then uh, Khashoggi came to the United States, worked as a, a reporter for the Washington Post. Then somehow he became an enemy, right? So the exposés that he was writing, he goes into the uh, Turkish, um, the Saudi Arabian embassy inside Turkey to get something to, to do with his fiance, right? Right, for his marriage. And he doesn't come out. His, his fiance says something's going on. So what the heck? I mean, when you hear this brutality of this, Greg, that supposedly uh, this journalist was dismembered after he was murdered. I was talking to friends about this, and my friends were like, John, you're so Pollyannish. Clearly, the Saudis have been operating like this for a long time. This is not something new. It just so happens now because of social media that we're inflamed about this. Is there any truth to that? Is this how some sort of... What, royal powers operate, Greg? 
Well, that is a very widespread feeling and observation, not just by people in this country, but by members of governments around the world who have expressed outrage and real concern about countries like the U.S. and others who continue to have these relationships with Saudi Arabia uh, and are accused at times of looking the other way at some very grisly details. And in this case, those grisly details are, are quite obvious. Right. And the president, in, if you've been listening to his responses to this situation over the last week or two, he often will bring up the matter that Saudi Arabia buys a lot of military equipment from the United States and that there is a, a real economic value in the relationship, and he seems to put a lot of stock in that. And there's no question that there is a, you know, trade transactions that go on between our two countries, but there are a lot of members of Congress and others and just concerned citizens generally who are who are concerned that there is uh, you know this kind of activity that could be going on with the knowledge of Saudi leaders yet at the same time the US relationship continues and much like with other countries whether it's Russia or China our relationship with Saudi Arabia you guys it it is it's complicated because mm-hmm. you have military transactions but you also have the Saudis who are fighting the Iranians and uh, United States appreciates their effort in uh, tracking down terrorists and fighting those elements in Iran. But at the same time, this conflict between Saudi Arabia and Yemen is very concerning to the U.S., so it's very complex. Right. I think that's why I respond so badly to the the black or white perspective on this that I see online, especially on social media. Um, of course, we can all be outraged at someone's death, um, especially a, a death like the one uh, that we've heard about. But at the same time, the geopolitics of it are complex and there are other lives at stake, too. Um, and so it's just it, it's one of those instances to me. It, it's hard to know who the good guys and the bad guys are. No, it really is, and the president seems to be cautious here because even though he has put out there on the table the importance of our financial transactions with Saudi Arabia in terms of what that means for jobs and the economy in this country, he also is saying, um, as I just mentioned a moment ago, that he's not satisfied. That's his latest comment on that just within the last hour. Over the weekend, he gave an interview to the Washington Post and said that they're have been some lies and deceit when it comes to the Saudis. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, he will turn right around and say uh, he really likes the crown prince and he thinks he's a good guy mm-hmm. and hopes that uh, he, he wasn't involved. Uh, so Right, and then at the, at the very so the beginning... The himself even finds himself in conflict in how to respond. Right, and at the very beginning, the, one of the first things I remember the president saying publicly about it is, well, look, you know, they've given us, you know, I don't know how many billions of dollars. Um, and are slated to over the next year. And that had to have not helped him uh, on a PR basis. Yeah, no, there were, you know, any sort of members of Congress, you know, uh, from both parties, to be honest, were saying, you know, that's morally outrageous to uh, to have that, as, you know, the financial transactions be the basis of, of, of your response to this. Right. And we've seen the president now, um, you know, come back a little bit in terms of saying we need to wait and see what the answers are. He's not sure that what the Saudis are saying is entirely truthful, and now he's saying he's not satisfied, and that U.S. investigators who have been in the region are apparently getting back either late tonight or tomorrow. He said that we should know more very soon, and we're also waiting to hear from what Turkey 
has come up with in its investigation. I see. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. So, Greg, let's uh, turn towards uh, migrants. As we speak, more than 7,000 people are streaming towards the U.S. border from Honduras, from Guatemala, and other places in South America. Uh, President Trump uh, customarily has been very strong about this. Some would say uh, heartless or brutal. Uh, Talk to us about this, please. Well, this has been an issue that the president's been focused on here for you know several days as he has been tweeting and making comments about this caravan. And you're right. Obviously, security, border security has been a staple of his, his campaign and policies uh, since he was a candidate and been in office. And he is really doubling down on this matter in the final weeks leading up to the midterm elections, which are just two weeks from tomorrow. And so he's been tweeting even this morning saying that he's very concerned that there is a a violent element as a part of this caravan. And he uh, has alerted the military, he says, and Border uh, Patrol. And he termed it a national emergency on Twitter this morning. Now, what's interesting is Pentagon says uh, that after that tweet came out, it had not received any sort of official orders from the White House as to what the military's role may be in this national emergency, as was proclaimed by the president. And so whether he was really triggering an official national emergency with that tweet, or he was simply just describing this matter of a caravan coming and um, people potentially illegally crossing into our country, that has left a lot of people confused today exactly as to what the president uh, decided to do or if he has, in fact, even taken action on it we're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, do we have any information at all about how this group of 7,000 formed initially? Well, there is a little confusion and competing views as to how that. Now, there are some who uh, are supporters of the president, and they believe that uh, Democrats and others sympathetic to the Democratic Party in this country have somehow um, you know, put this thing together. Mm-hmm. But you've got 7,000 people. Um, moving what has grown into a group uh, numbered that large, and they've been moving through these various Central American countries and into Mexico now, and they're several hundred miles from the southern U.S. border. It's it's a little hard to determine exactly who is responsible for the organization of this. There are any number of journalists who are traveling with this group of people, and they are reporting the hardship and the injuries and the uh, perseverance of the people to escape Uh, you know, bad situations back home. Yet the president a few minutes ago told reporters that if TV crews and news organizations would go into the middle of this caravan, they would find Middle Eastern uh, people and they would find uh, gangs, members from MS-13 there. So he really is pointing to a potential terrorist and gang threat as a part of this large... So there's, you know, much like a lot of things... John and Kathy, when it comes to whatever your political persuasion or view is, might depend on how you do what this caravan situation. Yeah, that about. that's so sad, though, uh, to me, Greg, because there has to be some truth as to what's happening in the caravan. I hate I hate to think that we're to the point where we're only going to believe whatever we're hearing from our the people who are politically like us. No, that's 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 a real concern. It obviously is. There's a humanitarian element here. There's a legal element here when it comes to crossing borders between countries. And members of the group are, it's being reported, you know, they they are unhappy with the idea that they're being labeled terrorists, and they say that the caravan is being used by President Trump for political purposes 
ahead of the midterm election. And then you have others, of course, uh, conservative critics of, of this group or, or anybody who would want to come into our country illegally concerned about immigration and, and the reforms that need to take place with our laws and the potential, the potential for security problems at the border, too. So you've got these competing interests. All right. Speaking of competing interests, uh, there was a long ago time when Ted Cruz and Donald Trump were mortal enemies. It got so bad that, you know, shortly before the Republican nomination uh, was was given to Donald Trump or he earned it. Uh, he was saying that that uh, Ted Cruz's dad was involved in the JFK assassination. But now we have Donald Trump, who's actually stumping. Mm. For Ted Cruz in his bid to retain his Senate seat. And of course, we know that after Cruz was out of the Republican nomination, he started stumping for, for Trump. I mean, politics is a, is a weird world. <laughs> yes, Good it, night. yes, it is. And tonight in Houston at the Toyota Center, which, which seats about 18,000 people, you're going to have a rally. And Trump is going to be there with Cruz. Oh and he's gosh. going to be rallying supporters. A few minutes ago, when the president left the White House grounds to leave on that trip down to Texas, he was asked about, hey, you called him Lion Ted during the 2016 campaign. Whatever happened to that? He said he's not Lion Ted anymore. He's Beautiful Ted. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. And therein explains politics, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Well, Greg, thanks so much. We, we appreciate your presence here and uh, your clarity. And your lighthearted perspective yes. sometimes when it seems so dire. In the morass of politics, we uh, hold you up as a beacon. So thank you. Thank you. Great. Always always great talking with you. Thank you. Greg Cluxton, SRN News, White House correspondent. Greg Cluxton. Find him on Twitter. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old-time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit mypillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207 or visit mypillow.com. Use the promo code word. 
The T.J. Martell Foundation, music's promise for a cure. To learn more, visit tjmartell.org. That's tjmartell.org. Being a Word FM fan club member is the fast, free, easy way to access exclusive content only available to members. Easily enter contests, give us your feedback, and let us know how we're doing. Score pre-sale tickets and get exclusive seating, plus members-only discounts and loads of free stuff. Like right now, members have a chance at two tickets to the Jesus Free Cruise this June with DC Talk, including airfare. Visit wordfm.com and join for Freak of Free today. Tonight we'll have an increase in clouds with a low 42. Then tomorrow we'll have variable clouds. It'll stay brisk and chillier with the high 53. Colder tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 36. A freeze in many outlying areas. Wednesday will be a brisk and chilly day with a mix of clouds and sun. High will be 46. In the laurels, there can be a flurry or two. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. So Halloween is next Wednesday evening, mm-hmm. right? Halloween night. And um, we've talked about this ad nauseum over the years about, you know, we go out with our children as a means of engaging our fellow neighbors. Right. It's the one night of the week, it's I believe. It's a community building thing. Yes, it is, right? Right. However, do you ever <laughs> do you ever walk the streets with your pets? Okay, first of all. Yeah. I have two cats. Oh, so you're not going to go and, you're, and they don't enjoy being walked. Right. Uh, Nor uh, would they – I mean, having cats out on Halloween is like a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have two dogs. Do you walk them? No. Oh, okay. No. Those are my not. cats. No, They're no. calling me right now. Right. But a lot of people dress their animals up for Halloween, don't that they? That is the stupid – listen. I mean, it's kind of cute. <laughs> it, no, I don't it's, really think it is. It's a little cute. I don't think it is. Come on. Is, don't you laugh when you see that? Raycom News Network says this, that one of the biggest trends this year is the growth of spending on pet costumes. <laughs> Good God. One of the 31.3 million Americans planning to dress their pets in costumes. Yeah. 31 million people are going to put their pet in a costume. I can see that. That's crazy. I mean, it's cute. Anyway, Mike... Listen to this. Millennials are most likely to dress up their pets. Oh, those little... fun. That's the highest we've seen in the history of our surveys. How many? Mm-hmm. 31 and a half million oh, people. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'll do it. Come on. But you don't have a pet. No, I don't. No. Oh. The amount of money spent on pet outfits has more than doubled since 2010. That's only eight years. Wow. Doubled. Okay. You want to hear the top... Co- First of all, would you ever do that with Gus? Would no. you ever put Gus, Gus in a costume? No. Gus is a corgi. He's a low rider. Gus is sweet. Uh, yeah, I've got two little low riders. No, I don't think – no, I'm not going to do that. Okay, what about Ruby? No, she's so pathetic. Right, and she has so many psychological problems. Yeah, she does. I feel right, bad she for can't her. Go in a costume. It might scar her. Right. You know what I got for my cat? I have a cat with an anxiety problem. See, what happens? Or, or, is that a reflection of us? I, I think it is. That we are anxious people and somehow it it's portrayed onto our I've pets? I've transferred it. I can't figure it out. I don't believe that. I don't – you know, I don't, listen, Mike. Pipe it down. <laughs> you wait, Mike. You just the wait. The cat taking anxiety medicine for it? No, but I'm thinking about it. Oh, oh please. Oh. Now listen, I got two cats. One is the alpha cat. Okay, mm. so he's he's large and in charge and there, fine. He's uh-huh. more like a dog, really. And then the other cat has the anxiety problem. Yeah. I got her a thunder coat. What's a thunder coat? What is that? It's a coat. It's like a little teeny tiny cat coat. 
okay, and you put it around the animal. It snaps around their neck, mm-hmm. and then it, you put like a tight thing around their waist, so it makes them feel safer. What? Yeah. Like when it, when it's storming? Mm-hmm. That's why it's called a thunder coat. But she's so nervous all the time. I think I'm just going to like put her Keep in it it as a standard thing. <laughs> Boy, I could get a piece of that. Wouldn't that be cool to have just a little piece of that? But Thundercoat? Whatever. I mean, they're spending 30, how many? There's 31 spend- and a half. That's not her Halloween costume. I'm just trying to, you know, Reduce do it anxiety. for her mental health. All right, you want to hear the top costumes for pet lovers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> how could I resist? Okay. All right, I got the top 10. I'm going to start at okay. 10. All right. Ghost. For This is for, a, it doesn't It doesn't specify dog, cat, bird, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Ghost, number nine, superhero. Mm-hmm. Eight, Star Wars character. Mm -hmm. Seven, lion. Six, dog. (laughs) You you dress a cat up as a dog. Oh, I hope you're not dressing a dog up as a dog. Well, you might. That seems kind of dumb. Five, cat. (laughs) (laughs) Four, devil. Three, bumblebee. Two, hot dog. And number one, 11% of the people want to dress their pet up as a pumpkin. That's the number one. That's boring. Now, look, no, no. When you see a wiener dog dressed up as a little hot dog, don't you get a laugh out of that? It's hysterical. Come do you on. Think that's hysterical? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's funny stuff. The funniest one is the uh, is the Animal Planet raptor costume. Raptor, raptor. costume. Yeah. Oh, what? The Velociraptor? Yeah. And you put it on like a little, like a pug or something. <laughs> I bet that is cute. Come on, they're hysterical. cute. All of a sudden, I think that's funny. Yeah. yeah. Look, here, I just, we're, we're talking 37 creative Halloween costumes for dogs and cats. But you looked that up online? I did, yeah. It's easy to see. Yeah. And they're cute. I mean, it's <laughs> a banana. There's a dog in a banana costume. <laughs> I mean, it's funny stuff. That's all. Do you have your costume? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I've never, I mean, I haven't worn a costume for a long time. Remember I told you the costume about the one that was in the sewer? Right. What? That's a good, that's a good story, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Jeez. No, I like that. I, um, I, I can't. See. Oh, yeah. This is a cat in a uh, dressed up as a pirate. Yeah, which is awesome. I like that. Um, I have my costume. What What are you wearing? What, you're you're getting dressed you. up for Halloween. I always get dressed up for Halloween. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, last year she remember? Oh, that's right. She showed up in a what? It was a lion. I was a lion. Oh, right. Yeah, and lioness. I, and, and the I, year before, I was a leopard. And I was. Uh, I had a hoodie you, on. You were Katarina uh, Luther. You were the uh, wife of Martin Luther. <laughs> Which you looked like the headless horseman. Yeah, right, you were right. the first lady of the yeah. Reformation, I mean, which was gonna, a great costume. You, I'm not going to get dressed up for Halloween. Fine. I mean, that's, Come on. It Fine. kind of embarrasses me. Fine. What? It just does. I mean, this is the guy that won't wear a pirate shirt. Okay, exactly. so I pretty much don't think he's dressing up for I mean, Halloween. You reach a certain age. Let's be, you know. Oh, you and your certain. What is that even? Let's you got to live a little. When you reach a I've certain lived age. A lot. There's no certain age. There is get a certain age. Come on. Get out of here. I'm okay. wearing my Halloween costume and I'm psyched about it. All right. Okay, you just showed me a picture of a wiener dog in a hot dog hot costume. Dog. That is got hilarious. mustard on it. It is kind of funny. It's That's very hysterical. Fun. Coming up next, uh, we'll talk to Dustin Messer about how art can prepare you for suffering. That's next. Today's Right Home. Okay. WORD. Sometimes, simple adjustments, even in your attitude, can help you have the marriage you've always wanted. Next time on Focus on the Family, we'll explore practical ways you can improve your relationship, and some of them are so easy, they might surprise you. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. 
At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. My daughter was really sensitive. She took everything personally. She had a lot of trouble in school. He had some impulsivity issues that I was concerned about. He was having a lot of meltdowns, a lot of tantrums. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. This is what he has. We're going to get from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to do it. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. His focus in class and how he retains the information that the teacher is talking about is just remarkable. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. There is our life before Brain Balance, and there's our life after Brain Balance, and the two don't even resemble each other. It's a totally different Life. Attend Brain Balance Center's Parent Discovery Night Thursday, November 1st from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Tour the center, meet their caring staff, and learn firsthand from enrolled parents about the brain balance difference. Call to reserve your seat today at 724-443-6287 or visit brainbalance.com for more information. A lot of times people do the cleaning on their own, and in reality, all they're doing is making it worse. Greg Hybert, independent local owner of Sears Carpet and Air Duct Cleaning. While we're doing a two-step process, we're going to pre-spray first, which brings all the dirt up to the surface, and then we clean and then we rinse so we don't leave a residue in your carpet. It's dry overnight, and you can actually use it right away, and it's completely safe for kids and pets. Call 412-821-5200. Satisfaction guaranteed. 412-821-5200. Are you a responsible? Responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional Dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Is that the Bob Ross? Yes, it is. Theme song? <laughs> you bet it is. Makes me want to watch somebody paint. Somebody with big hair, in particular. And has a pet squirrel named Peapod. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to any of that. <laughs> hey, uh, we were at the uh, museum a couple of weeks back. You know, whenever you go into a gallery and you look at art, don't you leave feeling better about yes, things? Yes, always. Right? There's just something that's uplifting about it. It one of my, feeds the soul. I just absolutely love it. Yeah. So our next guest, uh, Dustin Messer, he wrote a piece at the Gospel Coalition site, which we love, called How Art Can Prepare You for Suffering. Dustin Messer leads young adults in college ministry at All Saints Dallas, teaches theology at Legacy Christian Academy in Frisco, Texas. Dustin, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Hey, John, I'm doing well. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, thank you. Dustin, I was in New York City last summer, and uh, I was chaperoning a a group of girls that were traveling through, and we had maybe, I don't know, 
three days in the city. And because I was a chaperone, I had precious little time on my own. But I did have yeah. two like four-hour bits where I was able to go off on my own. Nice. So I went to the Met for the first time, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. Never been there before. It was such a thrilling experience. I mean, I've been, we have a wonderful museum here in Pittsburgh um, and a wonderful art museum here in Pittsburgh. But I'm used to that. It, that's my, kind of my home. It's like, it's like my backyard type of thing. So being at the Met, seeing such a, a gorgeous connect, collection um, was just fabulous. And after I was there for the four hours the first day, all I could think of was going back the next day for another four hours. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, there are endless things I could have done in New York. I mean, I could have done anything. But for some reason, I, I think it was I wanted to I wanted to go back to soak in the order of it and the beauty of it. And there was just something transcendent about looking at beautiful things. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm with you there, you know, and the word transcendent connected with beauty. And the Christian understanding, this is a very Augustinian point, that God, that Christians worship, is uh, is complex. He He's triune, and because of that, beauty is eternal, right? Yeah. Beauty takes complexity of just a white canvas isn't beautiful. You have to have some complexity. You have to have some color on it. And uh, so we can say, when you have a true encounter with beauty, you're having an encounter with the transcendent, something that's eternal. We got a bad connection here, Dustin. We're sorry for that. Hey, let, let's. Um, you want to try to reconnect? Sure. Let's do that. Good. Okay, I'll put them on hold. So we'll take a quick break. Come back. We're talking about how art can prepare you for suffering. Stick around. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. It's all for the sake of the gospel. Hi, it's Mike with Bible League International. Jaime is an itinerant pastor in Peru in Latin America. This man will travel days by foot, boat, and mule, all for the sake of the gospel. He's been beaten, robbed of everything he had, and he's fallen 100 feet down the Andes Mountains, all for the sake of the gospel. What awaits him? Well, it's a thriving evangelical church of 200 ancient Quechua-speaking Christians, and one of the servant leaders is a former drug cartel member who is what? Now taking care of widows and children. And when I share Jaime's story and all that he's doing for the sake of the gospel, I think of God asking in Isaiah 6, 8, Whom shall I send? Who will go? And I think this man is answering that call very admirably. And he's not asking for an end to his troubles. He's praying for Bibles for these Christians who can't access God's Word. $5 sends a Bible. 
We have a goal of 7,000 Bibles. You can call 844-YES-WORD. 844-YES-WORD. Or give it wordfm.com today. I always loved her attention to detail. He is such a slob. Marriage. The union of two very unique individuals. He was carefree, adventuresome. (sighs) I just can't do anything right anymore. Opposites may attract, but what happens when the attraction turns to repulsion? Maybe it's a matter of perspective. I choose to love you for who God made you to be. I take you as God's gift to me. And I'll learn from you. I'll learn to let God work let on your God, weaknesses. Let God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible calls us to live in harmony with one another. Harmony doesn't mean unison, but it doesn't mean discord either. You see, Polly, I got gaps, and she's got gaps. Together we fill up all the gaps. <laughs> Adrian! <laughs> Brought to you by Family Life Today and Weekend to Remember, because great marriages don't just happen. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. You shield my head in the day of battle. Amen? Amen. Based on the true story of an army chaplain and his wife. I only stand before you today because Jesus is my rock and because I have a family who loves and believes in me. One marriage, one family under God. It made me uh, appreciate family more. The theme of redemption was just so powerful. If that couple can find hope, I think we all can. Indivisible, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters October 26th. For tickets and showtimes, go to IndivisibleMovie.com. Dustin Messer is with us. We're talking about how art can prepare you for suffering. Dustin wrote a terrific piece at the Gospel Coalition site. Dustin, I mentioned at the beginning of our last segment when we were uh, trying to set up a, a thing we had to discontinue because of a bad phone line. I talked about being at the uh, at the Met in New York last year for the first time. I had an interesting experience when I was there. Um, I trained at the Art Institute here in Pittsburgh in interior design, and one of the one of the uh, projects I did, we had to set up a room um, around one particular piece of artwork and so you had to spend an entire semester with one piece of artwork and so as you can imagine after that semester you become really familiar with that piece and so mine was snap the whip by winslow homer and so it was just like i i mean i i see that in my mind's eye all the time now all these years later so uh, when i was just walking around the med i was just kind of browsing around all of a sudden, I, I ended up in this room, and I saw a Winslow Homer piece. And I thought, oh, look at that. That's fascinating. So I went and looked at that. And all of a sudden, I realized I was in the, the Winslow Homer room. Oh. It didn't even have a label, but I, all of a sudden, I was in there. And I turned around, and there was the piece. There was Snap the Whip. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal to you um, because you know you've, there's art all over a museum. But I'm telling you, that was the first time I had ever seen the real thing. And I had spent countless hours looking at prints and cultivating colors and all sorts of things. I'm telling you, it. this sounds weird. It brought me to tears when I saw the real thing. It was so beautiful because all of a sudden it, I realized I could see that it was painted by a person. 
it was a real, it wasn't living, obviously, but it was something different than a print on a page. And I sat on that bench for a whole hour and just looked at that one piece. So people could say, well, that's really kind of, you know, a strange choice to make. And boy, you really need more in your life. But and probably some of those things are true. But I got a lot out of that hour. And so you're saying that if we can submit ourselves to a time commit where we really do sit on a museum bench and check out something, maybe it's not something that had as much importance to a listener as that piece did to me you're still saying that we that we train our mind or we train our soul or, or what happens in those moments yeah you you do it's a discipline uh, whereby at the end of that time you can see something different and of course you know you when you saw that piece it's not really that the object changed that the painting hadn't changed you know it was the same it was the same painting you had been looking at all along. What had changed was the seer, not the scene. And we live in a very sort of secular, scientific age where we're taught to look at things in a very utilitarian way. You know, what do they, what do they do? What are they made of? But we're really not trained to ask, what does something mean? And if you can sit at a bench, and one of the suggestions I gave in the piece was go by, kind of adopt uh, a piece of art, whether it's a piece of music or a painting or a sculpture, and just train yourself to look at it um, over a course of, you know, not just weeks or months, but years, you will find it changes. And, of course, that's an equivocation, right? You change. Your eyes change. And you see something deeper and truer and more beautiful uh, over the years precisely because, as you say, you've disciplined and trained yourself not just to look at the thing, but to look through the thing. You know, C.S. Lewis would say, you're, we tend to look at uh, the ends of fingers when people are pointing, uh, but we're supposed to look along the finger. And art has a way of doing that. It points to something more true and more beautiful. And as you look at it, you can actually look through it uh, to something more beautiful even than the piece of art itself. And that's important, isn't it? I mean, to, to look at art is one thing. To see yourself interpret it mm-hmm. and find the meaning it. It gives us new life, or it gives us hope, doesn't it? That's exactly right. You know, it's so interesting in in Hebrews 11, the thing Joseph is commended for is he gave mention of the Exodus uh, when giving directions concerning his bones. And, you know, it's a great passage in Genesis 50 where his brothers come to him. His brothers had, you know, thrown him into a pit and just abused him in all sorts of terrible ways. And they come to Joseph afraid he's going to be mad at them. And Joseph says, what you did for evil... uh, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so what's Joseph doing? He's looking at a situation. He's looking at something brute, like a lump of clay, and he's interpreting it. He's seeing something deeper. And he says, actually, this situation in which you abused me, there is uh, a great architect, a great artist behind it. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And then, of course, he, you know, he says, when I die, uh, at the end of that chapter, um, there will be uh, an exodus. There will be a fulfillment of God's word. And even that, right, is he isn't just believing his eyes. You know, he's in Egypt at that moment, has no reason to think politically or sociologically that Israel will ascend to the promised land. But he has, in those little moments where his brothers are abusing him, he was able to see past the abuse and into the handiwork of God. And so in the big thing, too, of Israel's uh, coming into the promised land, he was able to live by faith. Why? Because he had trained his eyes to see by faith. And I think art is, it's not the only way, 
but it's a way where we can train our eyes to see goodness and order and beauty in what otherwise would just seem to be a brute object. That's good. That's really good. So how do how does that happen? Is it just a matter of focus? Is it a matter of concentration? Is it something our mind does by itself? It's education. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I think it's it's all those things and and more. It's like how do you develop a sensibility um, or a disposition? It takes time. It takes patience. It takes a lot of things that our that our iPhone and sort of our modern technological world uh, would discourage us from from becoming. Uh, and yet, as we do it, as we sit and have the patience and fortitude um, to enjoy beauty, we come, and the piece I say is sort of the flip side to the problem of evil. The problem of evil says, when something really horrific happens, how could an all-loving, all-good God allow this to happen? But whenever you come in contact with something just truly in order, when you come into the order of everything, you ask yourself sort of the flip side of the problem of evil. It's the problem of pleasure. And and you just say, well, if the world really is random and chaotic, like sort of nihilistic art would say, you know, or you just poke a hole in the bottom of paint and push the, the paint bucket and just let it be random. If the universe really is like that, then why does it read more like Shakespeare? Or why does it look more like... Uh, just a beautiful sculpture rather than something chaotic. And then you you come in contact with the problem of pleasure. And uh, it seems to me, and this was a very Augustinian point, that whenever you come in contact with this this true deep beauty, um, that, it, that it points beyond itself to the God who is triune and, and, and true beauty. Right. So how can art help us to understand incredibly broken things? Like I've been thinking, you know, you could just as easily, you know, if you're looking at nature, go and talk about, a, a you know, beautiful, beauty and order. You could go into many places, I mean, countless places on earth and see sickening death and destruction and violence and chaos of every stripe. So what can art teach us about that? Or can it teach us anything about that? Yeah, it certainly can. It, um one thing art does is it teaches us that that which is beautiful and of course you know to call some you know if i held up my hands so big and 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 said uh, you know i saw something this big in the street well it may be small if it was a dog or it may be huge if it was a rat it's just you know you have to have something a standard by which you're you're measuring the thing in order to say well is it large or is it small and in the same way Yes, there's true beauty, uh, true brokenness, and true ugliness in the world. However, uh, whenever we take time to appreciate beauty, it doesn't make us sentimentalists. It doesn't make us sort of gloss over that ugliness. Instead, what it does is it trains us. Uh, it gives us the category by which to call something ugly. Just like learning in the truth allows us mm. to call something a lie. In the same way, if we have truly had an encounter with the beautiful, we're able to call something ugly. So that's one thing it does. It gives us a category of beauty that we can measure against to to call something else ugly. And another thing it does is, you know, in, in all art, there has to be tension. Uh, there there has to be conflict. So if you watch a, a movie, you know, if everything just goes right throughout the movie, uh, it's actually not going to be a very beautiful, uh, it's actually not going to be a very beautiful movie because there was no tension. And I don't want to push this too far, because obviously there are just tragedies in life that aren't immediately accessible to us. But 
the larger point is we can at least have the the imagination to say if there is a god who is making all things new then whenever i see hardship whenever i see pain uh maybe if i trust the artist like joseph did um and not just trust the brute facts and reality in front of me i can trust that he is going to use this pain this sorrow this ugliness for something truly great and that's the message of the bible that god is an artist he can take the most ugly uh broken horrible situation and make it something truly beautiful and if i can just the best example of course is in acts 2 peter says you nailed Jesus to the cross. That's the worst thing to happen, the most ugly thing to happen in the history of the world, the crucifixion of God himself. And yet, Peter says, through your hands, God was uh, loosening the pains of death. The best thing to ever happen in the world happened at the moment of the most ugly. Therefore, we trust God, and we can ha- use beauty to, to see that there's an artist working all things for good. Very nice. Dustin, that's a terrific message. Thanks so much. We greatly enjoyed your time with us. Thank you, John. Thank you, Kathy. Our pleasure. Dustin Messer, he wrote a wonderful piece at the Gospel Coalition website called How Art Can Prepare You for Suffering. Indeed, Dustin Messer. We'll take a break and reset for our 5 o'clock hour. Stay with us. we got lots more. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Board FM. WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump says he's alerted the Border Patrol and the military about a caravan of Central American migrants heading for the southern U.S. border. The president tweeted, this is a national emergency, but a spokesman says the Pentagon has received no new orders to provide troops for border security, and White House officials have yet to provide any details. Mr. Trump has focused on the caravan in recent days and now says the U.S. would begin cutting off or substantially reducing aid to Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador for not preventing the migrants from leaving their countries. That's White House correspondent Greg Clugston reporting. Residents of Austin, Texas, are being asked to boil their water after flooding in recent weeks filled the lakes that feed their water supply with silt, mud, and debris. Austin Mayor Steve Adler says the city's water source is so muddy from recent flooding. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Hello? I'm so glad we finally get to talk. Your email sounded like you're feeling isolated. I need help. I've been feeling so low. I just need someone to talk to. Well, I'm here, and I really want to hear from you. Why are you feeling so low? Nobody understands me. I feel so alone. Well, you're not alone anymore. I'm here. 
Now, what is it that's got you feeling low? Faithful Counseling is here to help. Our team of licensed Christian counselors want to help you get through this. We can begin a conversation when you're ready by text or phone or even video conferencing from the comfort of your own home. I'd like to give you your first week free. Go to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. Let's talk. Go right now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. We really want to help you. It's so easy to get started and your first week is free. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. Let us help. Jerusalem, a city like no other. Richly historical, staggeringly beautiful. A place without time. The crossroads of our faith. The birthplace of Christianity. You're invited to join with others from around the globe to experience Pentecost in Jerusalem in 2020. From May 31st to June 3rd, 2020, at the place where God first poured out His Spirit on planet Earth. This is a once-in-a-lifetime event to visit the land where Jesus walked and yours can be transformed. Experience this extraordinary adventure, May 31st to June 3rd, 2020. Early bird special and group discounts available now at Jerusalem2020.com. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Hear His words. Pray in the upper room. Be inspired and be renewed and transformed, empowered and refocused. Reserve your spot. Register today at Jerusalem2020.com. That's Jerusalem2020.com. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product and they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. Technology Truths. Brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. You have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1. Doug 2. Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome. 1, 2, 3. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Doug is super cool ampersand underscore exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Tonight we'll have an increase in clouds with a low 42. Then tomorrow we'll have variable clouds. It'll stay brisk and chillier with the high 53. Colder tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 36. A freeze in many outlying areas. Wednesday will be a brisk and chilly day with a mix of clouds and sun. High will be 46. In the laurels, there can be a flurry or two. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Welcome along for the Monday edition. We're doing good. Hope that you are as well as the week gets underway. Only a couple weeks left until midterm elections. And yeah. things are getting nutty. Listen, uh, Janet Hook wrote a piece in today's Wall Street Journal, John. She said that voter interest in the midterm elections has surged to records within both parties, helping to drive up President Trump's approval rating while still maintaining the Democrats' lead as the party most preferred to lead Congress. Those facts are shown by a new Wall Street Journal NBC News poll. I don't think I ever in the history of this country, as long as I've been alive, remember a time when people were so on edge about politics. Oh, I know. 
I, I mean, agree. seriously, this is like people are sharpening their knives mm-hmm. in anticipation. It's a little freaky. Nearly two-thirds of registered voters showed a high level of interest in the election, which is the highest ever recorded in a midterm election since the Wall Street Journal and NBC began asking this question back in 2006. No kidding. Yeah. It says, uh, uh, let's see, in the aftermath of the bitter confirmation fight over Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Republicans have closed the once large gap between their voters and Democrats' interest in the election. Now, 68% of Republican voters and 72% of Democrats, very close, say that they are very interested in the election, which is the highest recorded for either party. Hmm. Wow. I mean, that's good. I like all that. Yeah, there's a lot of involvement here. People think there's a lot at stake, and obviously there is. Right. And speaking of that, uh, Pennsylvania was not just mentioned, but uh, became became a focus of a New York Times article that came out at the end of last week by Dan Levin. It says, weary of a political system that many young Americans see as rigged against their generation and fired up to elect candidates who they believe support the issues they care about. A surge of young adults between the ages of 18 and 29 have registered to vote this year. Very good. Okay, now you know what it is like. Pennsylvania is leading the groundswell. that already, right? So there's this, all this grassroots effort. Now, but you know what it's like when you go to the polls in an off-year election. It's right. like a ghost town. It is. There's hardly Nobody anybody there. there. There's like, you don't have to wait in line. Let's put it that you way. You sure do not. So if that's the case, if this is the New York Times article and what you just told me before, if that's the case, then the line should be clogged, right? We should have trouble getting in to vote. More than any other state, uh, Pennsylvania is leading this surge with registered voters 34 and younger now outnumbering those 65 and older. So there are more registered voters 34 and under in our state than 65 and older. Now, that's interesting because now that article is what, uh, five or six days old maybe? Mm -hmm. In the interim, since we've read that, I've also read the opposite. That is it, that right? Yes. That now there's been a glut of older voters, older voters who are equally now, engaged. Now, isn't that interesting? Yes. Okay. So what? So who do you believe? Do, who do you believe? Do, well, it goes back to the poll, and do, are, do people actually respond to the poll? And do no. people tell the truth because when they the, answer poll the poll messes with stuff? Look, well, I, I think about this all the time. So the, should we, we should just be done with polls. The New York Times last year was polling along. At one point, not two years ago, when President Trump you know, was running for the presidency, the New York Times gave him a 1% chance of winning the presidency. 1%. This is like, <laughs> this is like two weeks before the election. And so if you listen to the polls, you kind of go, well, I'm not going to go to vote. If the guy's only got 1% chance to vote, to win, why, why would I bother to go? My candidate, whether it's President Trump or whomever. Polls are skewered. Do you want to give pollers accurate information? Because I don't necessarily want to. I don't want to take a poll to begin with. I got to be honest. The l- <laughs> pollsters don't call me, which I think is a great thing. I don't want them to call me. Believe me. The last poll pollster that calls me was called me was Nielsen, and I got so excited that they actually asked me what I was watching Wait, on television. Harry Nielsen called you? No, it was a Nielsen rating, oh, not Harry. They ask about politics. No, they asked about what I was watching on TV. It had nothing to do with politics. <laughs> that must have been a long conversation. WORD. Your story of faith and spiritual growth is an important one. And here at Word FM, we are interested in hearing how this station has made a direct and positive impact on your life. It gives me inspiration and hope. It's our wish that what you hear from us positively affects you and your family. And we would love for you to tell us about it. It's really encouraging to me. Whenever I need to be uplifted, there's something on to uplift me. So visit wordfm.com slash story. Record a video message and share your story 
with us. For doing that, you'll be eligible to win a grand prize of an Apple iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. It's encouraging. It's inspiring, and it lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. Visit wordfm.com slash story and share your video. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now, they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496. 1496 at marleyfg.com. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans nationwide to help folks maximize their benefits and save money. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many any Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice, don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. With the enrollment deadline only weeks away, it's important to act now. Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. For your free Medicare assistance, call 800-741-5592. That's 800-741-5592. 800-741-5592. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. Amy Julia Becker is with us. Amy Julia has been a guest on our show for a long, a long, long time. time. Uh, she is the author of many excellent books, Small Talk, Learning from My Children About What Matters Most, and A Good and Perfect Gift, Faith, Expectations, and a Little Girl Named Penny. But her newest work drops today called White Picket Fences, Turning Toward Love in a World Divided by Privilege. And with that, she published an excerpt from the book uh, in Christianity Today called I Grew Up with Black Household Help. Amy Julia, welcome back to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah, congratulations on the new book. Tell us about um, the town you grew up in, North Carolina. 
Well, I grew up in a small town in coastal North Carolina, about 5,000 people. My parents are both from Connecticut, but they moved to um, this little town in their mid-20s uh, before I was born. And it was a really bucolic town. I mean, it's known as one of the prettiest towns in the South, um, right on the water. And I had a lovely childhood in many, many ways um, with, you know, both the beauty of like historic homes and also really lovely, you know, Southern hospitality and people. And we had a um, great church community and I really loved my school and um, I loved growing up there. We were able to, you know, safely walk to town by ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we also, I learned later on, looking back just at the demographics of the town, it was um, 2,500 white people, 2,500 black people, and there was a um, large disparity as far as income. We had three uh, black people who worked in our home, not full-time, but um, over the course of a given week, I would certainly have spent time with all three of them. And in retrospect, when I looked back on the disparity in our lives, um, both the intimacy of our relationships, but also the distance, when I look back in terms of um, what we, what I was given as a child and what uh, the people who were working in our home had been given, uh, they all grew up under segregation and so um, had not been given the same educational opportunities or job opportunities that I would be as a kid. I just started to recognize that what had been beautiful to me was really painful to other people. Um, and so it didn't make me, you know, think that the town was a terrible place. It just made it feel like a very complicated history right. instead of a simple one. Right. So the complicated nature of it is what makes us all, you know, in regard to our background or even especially when we travel to different parts, it makes you have to sit back and say, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is here. So let's look at your background that way. So um, you say that you could look, you feel like looking back that you're tempted to do one of two things. You're either going to look at your uh, childhood neighborhood as being um, segregated backwater or a bucolic landscape filled with flawed but generous people. You could look at your parents as a couple who ignored conflict, repressed their emotions, or you could look at them as people who were loving and grace-filled and provided for people. I mean, it's tempting to just do one or the other, right? I have really wrestled with that tension in lots of different areas of my life. I, certainly with those examples of looking at the town, looking at my parents, um, even sometimes looking at my own life. I mean, I think we sometimes can see ourselves as, you know, every, all, all the problems we have or think of, think in terms of the gratitude for um, who we are. And there's, um, but living in that tension is what I've wanted to learn how to do, to be able to name what is broken and unjust and needs to be changed while at the same time saying, and here's what I'm grateful for. Um, and that's true in individual relationships. It's true in terms of history. It's true in terms of ideas. I mean, we talk in this country a lot these days about our founding fathers and the ways in which their lives did not always live up to their ideals. And, you know, to be able to name that as attention and still be grateful for the ideals that they gave us, um, I think is really important. Yes. So the people that you name in the article and in the book, White Picket Fences, Samuel, Vera, Caroline, these people were with you often. I mean, they, they helped raise you. And later on, as you, your family moved up north, of course, you lost contact with them. How old were you, uh, Amy Julia, whenever you said goodbye to them? Did you ever see them again? You know, um, Vera is 
still alive, and that's not actually her real name, but we still actually write letters to each other. Um, and I moved away 31 years ago. Um, and so have a, you know, I mean, we exchange Christmas cards, maybe you're in touch once a year, but I have a little sense of what's going on in her life and her husband's life now. Um, Caroline and Samuel died when I was around 20, um, so about 20 years ago. Uh, and we did have some contact with them just in going back to visit, you know, after we had moved. Um, that said, the older I got, the more I was aware of the, um, the disparity, you know, in our lives and the ways in which, um, yeah, we just had, had been given really different opportunities as, as human beings. But one of the things they gave me um, in different ways, I mean, they were each very different human beings, but nevertheless, they all contributed to my sense of um, safety and stability um, as a child and to my sense of self as someone who was valuable. I mean, I still remember Caroline talking to me about my singing voice when I was six years old um, and just being really, really um, grateful uh, for her affirmation of me and the way that she loved me well. Hmm. So if that's what they contributed to your life, then I know this is hard to ascertain, but looking back, what do you think you contributed or and your family contributed to their life? Um, I do. It is. It certainly I cannot speak for them. And my perspective is still in some ways that of a child, because that was uh, when I knew them. I know that um, I learned as an adult that Caroline had a hard family history um, in which she had lost her son and um, as a result had lost touch with her grandchildren. Mm. Um, so I hope that we, she was an incredibly nurturing woman um, and really uh, did, I think, I hope, enjoy children. So I hope that there was, on the one hand, I'm sure a sense of loss and grief in being around us, but I um, hope and pray there was also a sense of fulfillment um, or a gift to her in, in being with us because we were really grateful for her presence in our lives. Um, and I think there was also, you know, just a sense, um, my parents really had great respect for, um, Vera and her husband, James in particular. Um, they are just faithful Christian people and regardless of their economic situation, they were tithing regularly to their church. And so my parents were able, um, just to help them, do the paperwork and even help them get a loan for um, purchasing a house, mm -hmm. which might not have been possible otherwise. So there were just some like practical um, ways that my family was able, I think, to offer something um, in return uh, to them. But again, it's, you know, a complicated um, thing. Right, to... right. Because then, so then you look back and you can either say, well, you know what, look, I, I grew up in this racist town in a, a place that only offered opportunities to white people. And so the whole thing was a total waste. And I'm embarrassed that I even lived there. But it's, mm. but you can't do that, right? Because there are, no. there, there are more stories that need telling than just that one. Absolutely. And um, I think there is a sense of grief um, that a lot of places in our country hold over the racial tension and injustice that has been present north and south um, for so many years. But there's also in the south, especially, there's been more intimacy between people of different races just because of physical proximity and demographics. Um, and 
Gosh, I do not pretend to know how to um, heal that at all. But I think it's important to note that um, that's a it's a wound worth exploring so that it could Mm -hmm. be healed, even if it takes a really long time. Amy Julia Becker is with us. Uh, her brand new book drops today. I can't wait to see it. Read it. White Picket Fences, Turning Toward Love in a World Divided by Privilege. Amy, um, always when you're with us, uh, I think this is how you first intersected with us, by introducing us to your daughter, Penny. And I was telling Kath that um, I was looking at uh, somewhere on the feed today uh, on the Internet. You posted a photo of Penny going into seventh grade. Um hmm. We just feel like we know Penny in mm-hmm. some way because you've been with us for so many, many Since years. She was a baby. Yeah. Um, talk to us about Penny. Uh, how's she doing and how's yeah. seventh grade? Penny is 12 years old now. She's in seventh grade. She's doing so well. I was pretty nervous about seventh grade. Um, I think I will be for all my children and especially for my daughter with Down syndrome. I was um, nervous about seventh grade, but it's been great. She's um, got. A burgeoning social life, which is pretty funny. We just, um, I actually just dropped her off at jazz class and before that dropped off the friend who came over after school. And she is really studying and learning a lot in her classes and, um, just truly, um, a wonderful girl who has a really full life. And actually in White Picket Fences, I do talk about the experience of having a child who was born into the same you know, economic opportunities and white family, obviously, as um, as my other kids. And yet, because she has a disability, is um, also a part of a group of people who've been discriminated against um, historically and even in the present. Um, but it's really awesome to see how when someone who is easily marginalized is given support and people who believe in her, I mean, her life is like a thriving contribution to mm-hmm. our community. And I believe that's really true for lots of other people who we marginalize. But, like, those are really, really valuable um, lives, and we are missing out if we don't believe that. So in your looking back at Penny, that helps you to also look back further at um, the people that served your family when you were growing up? Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of um, the people who were, you know, in my house and in my life, it's never been hard for me to know why I was grateful for them or like what they had to offer because as a child, um, the, the love that they, um, offered to me was very, um, real and clear. And I, I received it as a child. It was very simple in that way. Um, and probably simplistic on some level, because again, I wasn't thinking outside of myself. I was just thinking, here's what I got from them. But certainly, um, I think that it is easy to assume, I think one of the things that actually happened in our town is that people assumed that um, because African-American people had been in positions of service for so long, that that was how they were meant to be. Mm, which right. I and, and what they wanted and what they wanted to be, right? What they wanted yeah, to be. Yeah. And that, so there were lies that were even implicit in something that felt really good to me as a kid, that like someone was taking good care of me. So that, again, as an adult, feels a lot more complicated and really important to actually pull those things apart. Like, yes, Vera and Caroline and Samuel had immense gifts to offer, um, but they probably were much bigger than what I could see as a child who sure. was just like, yeah, they take good care of me, you know? Right, right. So I think it can go, it, it can be bigger than that. It is bigger than that. Yeah. Well, it's a fascinating subject, and uh, I appreciate your struggle, and uh, you're trying to find the truth in something that's very complex. So, Amy Julia, thanks. Congratulations to you on the release of your brand new work. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk with you all. A pleasure is always ours. White picket fences turning toward love in a world divided by privilege. Amy Julia Becker. What gives one company the edge over another? Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's taking care of lots of things that help a business run smoothly. In other words, Cintas. Cintas has products that help your people stay safe and apparel programs that convey the right image. They service fire protection equipment, deliver and stock restroom supplies, and make sure facilities are clean and ready. Because when all those things work together, you're in business. Oh, I'm ready! Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. I have never had a female dentist. I started to have problems with a tooth, and I thought, you know what? I'll just go once. David remembers his first visit with Dr. Megan Stock. I had such a good time that I'm surprised they allowed me to come back because I had a lot of things that needed to be fixed. She makes you feel so calm and so comfortable. She's just terrific at what she does. I have had no discomfort at all with anything that she's done. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. My daughter was really sensitive. She took everything personally. She had a lot of trouble in school. He had some impulsivity issues that I was concerned about. He was having a lot of meltdowns, a lot of tantrums. What brain balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. This is what he has. We're going to get from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to do it. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. His focus in class and how he retains the information that the teacher is talking about is just remarkable. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. There is our life before Brain Balance, and there's our life after Brain Balance, and the two don't even resemble each other. It's a totally different Life. Attend Brain Balance Center's Parent Discovery Night Thursday, November 1st from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Toward the center, meet their caring staff, and learn firsthand from enrolled parents about the brain balance difference. Call to reserve your seat today at 724-443-6287 or visit brainbalance.com for more information. A couple of days ago, I drove up to Grove City College to visit my son, who's a junior there. I'm hanging out in the boys' uh, dorms, which is always interesting, as you might imagine. But... Uh, Look at the uh, posters of the activities of things that are coming around to Grove City on the wall. One of them is the the, uh, the Swing Dance Club presents the Blacklight Dance. Wear neon, swing dance with us. Right next to that is something called Kingdom Week, Grove City's Mission Conference with three keynote speakers and uh, missional organizations, all that. And it struck me. Uh, I mean, you might not find that at a lot of different universities, would you? I think that's what sets Grove City apart, John, is that you don't – I mean, you could find Christian schools that are super serious yeah. and pretty legalistic about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to go there and learn and really not have a good time. <laughs> right. And then there are other schools you can go to that it seems like you don't have to learn anything. You certainly don't have to take any ethics seriously or any personal morality. You can just do whatever you want yeah. and you know, drink and sleep around and whatever Party and, and have a good time. But there has to be some happy medium there if we're hoping to to raise you know healthy adults, yeah. right? I mean, Who, it should be fun. It's college. It should be fun. It should be interesting right? and engaging, but also a lot of fun. Right. But it shouldn't be no holds barred. You know, there needs to be some awareness of your character and where you are in the world and what you're you know what you're becoming. Yes. As you're there on a college campus. So that's when I left Grove City at the end of the night. I was like, 
this boy is in a good mm-hmm. place. He is well planted in rich soil. Yeah. So if you're looking for a school that combines what I think are the best of both worlds, um, great scholarship, great theology, and adding on just a really fun atmosphere for people to grow and become adults, then consider Grove City College. Find more online, gcc.edu. Tonight we'll have an increase in clouds with the low 42. Then tomorrow we'll have that variable clouds. It'll stay brisk and chillier with the high 53. Colder tomorrow night, partly cloudy with the low 36. A freeze in many outlying areas. Wednesday will be a brisk and chilly day with a mix of clouds and sun. High will be 46. In the laurels, there can be a flurry or two. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. We are sorry to report the passing today of Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson, um, raised in the Pentecostal Church, ordained in the Presbyterian Church, USA. He taught at Regent College. Um, He's also an author, most famously of the book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Or The Message. Right, or The Message, right. Right. Um, And really came into um, popular focus just a couple years ago when he did a video on the Psalms uh, discussing them with Bono. Right. Now, how about the message? A lot of people have mixed emotions yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't... Okay. We talked about this when you were gone last week. I have a friend who was not a believer and was afraid of the Bible. I gave him the message. It helped him greatly. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's, you know, be all and end all. It's not... It's not the true word of right, God. Right. It's a interpretation right. of the Bible. I mean, he started, I remember hearing him talk about this many years ago, saying that he started it as a pastor because there would be congregants who were suffering through something particular. And so he would take a couple verses from Scripture and he would put them into what he called everyday language. Right. Paraphrase. To bring them alive for the person who was experiencing something. Right. And that was so helpful to congregants over the years that it just expanded into a larger project. So, uh, look, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it is, it's a literal translation because it's not a literal translation, mm-hmm. but it was never supposed to be a literal translation. It was never supposed to take the place of a Bible. Right. It was supposed to give you a different perspective in everyday language. However, having said that, it's a great encouragement to many people. I think it is. I mean, I enjoy having it. Me too. I mean, it's on I my don't, bed table. Right. I enjoy having it. So I think, it's a, I think it's a good addendum if you're trying to understand maybe the fullness of what the Scripture right. teaches. But that book, A Long Obedience I love that in the book. Same Direction. I love that. That's a little book. It's a little tiny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really wonderful. And that's what Bono said that he was using um, with you too for a couple of years. They were, they'd do like pre-show devotions. And he loved it so much, he reached out to Eugene Peterson, and that's how we ended up with the video on the Psalms that so yeah. many people watched. That's a, that's a great little video. Highly recommended. It. It's not actually not that little. It's probably 15 or 20 minutes, I yeah. bet. Yeah, but wasn't Eugene Peterson the most lovely soul? Just so looking at him in that video, I, I just I, when I heard he passed away today, I just started thinking about him sitting by the window in that beautiful place where mm-hmm. he and his wife lived, right on a lake, maybe in Montana, mm, some, sure. somewhere like that. 
beautiful, just such a lovely spirit. And to read what his family wrote about him at his passing, just wonderful. His family said this, after a lifetime of faithful service to the church, running the race with gusto, it is reassuring to know that Eugene has now entered into the fullness of the kingdom of God and has been embraced by eternal Sabbath. I love this. So do you know that um, Eugene Peterson came, came into the uh, pastoral sort of in a, in a backdoor way? He was He took a part-time job at a church to make ends meet while he was a professor at a college in New York City. And he said he came to believe that the uh, church is a lot more interesting than the classroom. He said there's no ambiguity in the Greek and the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, it's just right or wrong. And so from that, he started to go to seminary. I never knew that. I just love it so much. God calls us in all sorts yeah. of different ways, doesn't he? He had a lovely wife who was also shown in the video. Um, she was making cookies or something for, <laughs> for, for Bono. Bono, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. Uh, among Eugene Peterson's final words, according to his family, were, let's go. Eugene Peterson, he is safe in heaven in the arms of God. WORD. Your story of faith and spiritual growth is an important one. Here at Word FM, we're interested in hearing how this station has made a direct and positive impact on your life. It's our wish that what you hear from us positively affects you and your family, and we would love for you to tell us about it. Visit WordFM.com using the keyword story. Record a video message and share your story with us. For doing that, you'll be eligible to win a grand prize of an Apple iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. Visit WordFM.com and use the keyword story for details and to share your video. More Americans have access to health care, yet are paying more than ever in out-of-pocket and prescription costs. Take control of your health at the 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, Friday, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. A presentation of the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber. The fair is free and open to the public. From 2 to 7, browse local vendors, hear insights from leading experts, and get your flu shot. Provided by St. Barnabas Health. The 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. At Accurate Solutions Group, we're known to consort with pirates, penguins, and even panthers, and of course the Steelers. Maybe fans of Pittsburgh's most beloved sports teams turn to us because they know we're Yinzers too. So whether you're a pirate fan, penguin, panther, or Steelers, or all of the above, give us a call. I'm Kurt Kenotic. Ethan and I will help you get to where you need to be. Retirement is what we do, independent is what we are, and fiduciary is how we practice. Retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. A retirement blueprint from Accurate Solutions Group. It's customized and personalized to your unique situation. Call 412-515-3555. It's never too late and it's never too early. 412-515-3555. Or visit ASGRetire.com. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. 
Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Eastminster Presbyterian Church on North Highland Avenue presents a two-day worship and music symposium, October 26th and 27th, designed for music ministers, choir directors, praise and worship teams, and all who want to take their worship higher. Taught by a cross-centered, cross-cultural, cross-section of the area's finest music clinicians, featuring lectures, group instruction, an expert panel, and worship, so you can lift his name higher. Registration just $20. Sign up at EastminsterChurch.net. Okay, so this past week we've treated ourselves to one debacle after another. Oh my gosh. I mean, we've gone off the rails here. So where is politically integrity? Where is integrity in a Supreme Court nominee? Or where is integrity in someone who is pointing the finger at that nominee and saying, when you were a young man, you did X to me? And then all around that, the screaming, angry mob who is demanding integrity. But at the same time, if all of us opened up our own hearts, we would see our own sinfulness and foolishness and our and lack of despair and the ultimate lack of integrity in all of our lives. That's who we are. That's how we are hardwired. Hardwired. Brian Dykema is with us. Brian's one of our most favorite, excellent guests. He's the uh, senior editor with Comet Magazine, which is a wonderful magazine. Also program director for work and economics at Cardis. Brian, welcome back to the show. How are you, friend? Hey, it's been too long. Good to be here. It has. Thank you. So, Brian, I know you're on the other side of the uh, dividing line, but have you kept up with the political craziness that we're immersed in here? You know, as a, Canadians can't help but keep up. Uh, it's like, um, you know, I think one of our prime ministers said, uh, you are like a mouse sleeping next to an elephant. Uh, no matter how gentle that elephant is, uh, if you rolls over, you feel it. So it's the same same thing is true with uh, with all your news. We've we've I've been trying to not keep up, but I've been unsuccessful in that. Yeah, yeah. we've been trying too, but then we realize it's our job, and then we have to keep going back <laughs> yes, in. Yes. Well, the one thing that we have noticed um, is that both sides are absolutely at all costs unwilling to lose. There's just no possible way that you can accept losing. And I feel like that is the very first step to not having integrity because there's no possible way that you can be right about everything. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I think I think what's what's interesting uh, here is that there's a I mean, I, I don't want to get too deep into the politics of it, but what I do think is interesting is that this whole issue is actually stemming on the question of how one part of somebody's life aligns with and jives with another part of their life, right? So the, on the one hand, the question is, if um, uh, the, the nominated judge has acted this way, um, that there's, there's something about that person as a whole that that particular action will affect their action as a judge. And so what, what they're effectively saying here is that um, one way or the other, you're saying, look, integrity matters, the wholeness of the person matters. And these these are discussions that, uh, you know, have uh, long been held in politics, and Christians have, you know, long said the same thing, uh, that, uh, you know, there is a whole person, uh, and we act as whole persons, and it's not 
right for us to say we're going to act in this way at one point in our lives and not do not do it in another point. That we can't say we can't just um, keep that to the side. In fact, that's been at sort of the forefront of making the arguments for Christianity in the public square. We say, hey, we can't keep our faith. Um, we can't keep our faith quiet uh, when we talk politics. That's not the way it works. Yes. So, Brian, uh, through the uh, the fall edition of Comet Magazine, uh, you focus deeply on integrity. Tell us about that. Uh, integrity from a Christian perspective is important. Why? Well, I think I think what we're it's important to talk about what we're actually getting at. So, one of most of the time when we talk about integrity, we mean somebody who's authentic. That's usually the way we we, we think about it, right? You say, no, that person really has integrity. Um, if they're true to themselves, you can you can sort of take what they say to the bank. There's there's an integrity to them. Yes. Um, that's typically it's sort of a, almost a personal character um, trait. But what we're talking about, this we are talking about that in this issue. But we're also talking it in a broader social front, which is the question of how do the various parts of our lives integrate with one another? How do they hold together? So. Um, we're we're curious in, in a sort of day and age where we're sort of told to park certain parts of our life, right? When you get to when you get to work, you got to put your parental duties aside. Um, when you uh, when you go into the public square to make an argument for this economic policy or to make you've got to leave your religious beliefs behind, right? So last time I think we talked, we talked about that other judge. I think it was Amy Coney Barrett, if I'm not mistaken, who said, you know, she was under pressure to say, look. Um, this is the, the whole the dogma lives loudly within you, and that was right. seen as a negative thing, right? And and all of a sudden, in this particular case, um, there's a sort of realization: wait a minute, that integrity does matter, and we should actually admire people who live lives of integrity. So yes. we're looking at it both from a, a sort of a personal authenticity point of view, but also a, a sort of a personal um, a wholeness uh, point of view in the sense that a person um, in one place is in line with and congruous with the other parts of their life. And moreover, we're looking at it from a sort of social point of view. So we're sort of saying, look, our schooling, our education um, should align with our our civil society, our state, if we want to put it that way. It should align with our religious education. The way we do banking should align with our our um, our Christianity. So th- those are the sort of multiple aspects of what, what we're calling integrity. But then, Brian, how do how do you bring the pieces together? And I'm not talking about inside a person, though that's a valid question we can talk about. But I'm thinking about society as a whole. So, you know, you you write in the article about a sense of disconnectedness, a lack of coherence in society. And, you know, this this Judge Kavanaugh um issue has just raised unbelievable divisions in America. Now, not divisions that weren't there already, but has certainly brought them into stark relief. And so I'm wondering how you've really got two uh, ideological groups that are marooned. There is no, there is no crossover. I mean, there is hardly any middle ground there. And I just wonder, you know, one of these sides has to lose in this. Both sides can't win. And so what happens to the side that loses? Is there any possibility for coherence? Well, I think the, I think if I want to, if I'm going to be my sort of classic Canadian, uh, classic comment editor hat, I think there is an opportunity for it may be true that both sides can't win, but I think it is possible that both sides can lose. Um, and I think that is actually uh, what's going on uh, in, in the States um, uh, in, in this particular case. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I'm, 
I don't know. I mean, I've looked at both sides of the case. I think there are, are, are certain plausibilities on both sides. And as you say, a judgment has to be made at some point. But what I think it reveals is that there is a, there's a, there is a certain um, uh, disintegration of, of, uh, within American public life in the sense that so much is invested in this one uh, event. And they know that um, uh, it holds tremendous amount of power for making decisions. Um, and it, what, it, what it actually seems to reveal is a sort of disintegrating of, of a sort of a view of the common good, the possibility that a judge could be impartial and rule in favor uh, equally for both a Democratic or a Republican uh, candidate or a Democratic or Republican person or a Democratic or Republican issue, that the judge who's supposed to be able to sort of be an arbitrator between those things, an impartial one, um, it's sort of revealing that, that even that has become politicized. So I think it's possible that while it may be true, nobody can win, that, that everyone loses. Yeah. yeah. Well, what point. about the idea of, you know, when we think about the ancients and the, the way that they taught the virtues, certainly it was all leaning into or funneling into living a life of integrity. And we don't talk about that, or certainly the idea of integrity as the end product of virtues is not taught today uh, to our children. Yeah, I think I think that's a key point. I think one of the key things you do is, is if you look at, I think particularly this is true in education. But I would say that there's there's also some of it even within within Christian education circles. That when you look at um, when you're doing science or you're doing history, you're wondering how does this all fit in? Is there a bigger story here? Does it fit in into some sort of tradition or, or something. I think that's one of the challenges. A lot of people I, I, I know when they went to university, they said, okay, well, I'm studying Plato here, but I don't understand what, what this has to do with anything. Or I'm studying physics. Where does this come from? Why is this here? How does this have to do with questions of the good? Um, I think in, in the world of education, that's where it needs to start, that you have to actually have a vision for a certain wholeness. Um, What's interesting, though, and, and this is an article that I would I would really recommend to uh, to readers um, and to listeners uh, of the show, is that there's a sense in which, and I, I note this in my editorial too, that our disintegration, our sort of coming apart, has been coming right from the beginning, almost not quite from the beginning, but from the fall. Um, that you know, when we ate that apple, there was a there was a tearing, there was a disintegration of uh, of the relationship between. Um, us as, as God's creatures and with God. And, mm-hmm. and Peter Leithart, in, in one of his pieces, says, look, integrity actually requires dismemberment. Uh, it requires a sacrifice of some sort. And he, he takes us through this beautiful story of um, the Old Testament sacrifices and how that has sort of come to the fore in the person of Christ. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting way to think about it. Mm. So disintegration, and we're almost out of time, um, disintegration yeah. is something that we observe in society uh, and we observe in, also in, in institutions, in the death of institutions, and, and, um, but we also have it inside of ourselves. I mean, we all feel disintegrated. Um, and, and so part, and you bring that up in thinking about the fall, of course, is that's how it all fell apart. Not just our relationship with God and each other, but inside of ourselves. We just, we can't get it together. Um, so, I mean, as you leave us, Brian, we can't solve the problems of society all at one time. We can't solve our own problems inside ourselves at one time either. But how do we begin the process of integration? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, uh, we had a we have a great uh, piece by Alan Jacobs called Outside In, where in his sort of classic fashion, he goes and takes the, the Pixar movie Inside Out and <laughs> talks about Nietzsche and so mm-hmm. on. He says, 
uh, he says, look, this is, this is one of our big challenges, that even the Apostle Paul, he sort of talks about, I do what I don't want to do, mm-hmm. uh, and the very thing I do, I hate, right? And, and what he ends with is, is, he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And that's the question he's asking. Effectively, he's saying, look, I am this divided self, uh, and I am fighting against myself. How, who's going to rescue me? And he just leaves that, that, that question. Alan leaves that question. But the answer, of course, is, is Christ. And now the question is, what does it actually mean? But there's a sense in which um, uh, Christ is the person in whom all things hang together. And when you look at his life, the sort of integrating, the, the fact that even his coming into this world is integrated with the entire story of the whole world from the beginning to the end. He's there at the very beginning. He was there. He will be there at the end. There's a sense in which he holds it all together. And that's that's sort of what we're trying to point people towards and to see that as um, a possibility, uh, a possibility to, to, to hope for with his return. Nice. Well, Brian, thanks an awful lot. We, we're fans. We love your work, and uh, keep it up. Oh, thanks. thanks for having me on again. Our pleasure. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But Word FM and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique, but you are not alone. Mad is here to help. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. That's M-A-D-D dot O-R-G. A moment of destiny from Pastor Paul Shepard. Wherever you are jacked up, it is time for you to decide, I don't want to live with this the rest of my life. You know, you got to make up in your mind that you want life change. Life change isn't going to come easy. It's not going to be convenient. You're not going to wake up one day and say, I don't know, I'm not jacked up anymore. No, no, everybody who goes from jacked up to to deliverance, to help, to wholeness, I'm getting better in that area of my life, it's because they went after it. Pastor Paul Shepard is the senior pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship in Northern California. The program is heard daily on radio stations across America and anytime at pastorpaul.net. 
I missed a mortgage payment, but now I'm turning things around. With Sam, I can. Sam is Smart About Money, a free online resource from the National Endowment for Financial Education. We're an independent nonprofit foundation dedicated to helping people just like you get sound information about money at samican.org. Business has fallen off at work, but I'm getting prepared for whatever the future holds. With Sam, I can. Get empowered. Reach your financial goals. Visit samican.org. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. So it's right now, there are 7,000, what would you call them, migrants, mm-hmm. um, citizens of other countries, primarily from Honduras and Guatemala, headed in a caravan of 7,000 plus strong to the Mexican-U.S. border. Uh, President Trump has used strong rhetoric to speak out against a large group of these uh, migrants who are marching forward. He says today, quote, I will seal off the border before they come into this country and I'll bring out our military and our reserves. I'll bring out our military. So who are they? Um, People who are apparently fleeing poverty, instability, violence. Their goal is to walk through Mexico, come to the United States. How do 7,000 people walk all the way through Mexico? How did this get started is what I'd like to know. Where does the groundswell of people saying, we're going to go out and mass and do this? And what about food and water and resources to establish and enable that? What about sanitation for 7,000 people? I have no idea. Well, now I believe, you know, they're following. They must be surrounded by news media and. This is crazy. This is crazy. Okay. I feel like a couple things are important to say about it. The first thing is that we can't lose sight of the fact that these are human beings. Of course not. Who are obviously caught up in something that is difficult enough for them that they're willing to do this. Yes. That they're willing to walk 2,000 plus miles. And I think my problem, you know, Hugh Hewitt, who works for our company, says this, and I, I like this point of view. He says, I always want to call balls and strikes on the president. Yeah. We just have to let's you know, be fair. Let's be fair about it. I feel like Trump's rhetoric on this is too harsh. I feel like he has to take a step back and say, okay, I recognize that we need to police the borders, but at the same time, we need to recognize that these are human beings who have major societal issues where they are. So regardless about we can we can debate whether we want to let them into the country. Okay, so that that's a whole other conversation, but first off, we need to acknowledge their humanity. I mean, I get that and I appreciate that that's that thought. But the we did not elect the president if you voted for President Trump to be soft. He is essentially blunt to the point of almost rudeness. Yes, he is. But he's strong about this. When you look at this 7,000 people after I've just, I'm going to say this, after having just gone through the Ford Kavanaugh fiasco, do you not feel as though this is this is essentially politics in action? It has to be. Listen, how do 7,000 people spontaneously start walking toward America I don't know. when it's only weeks away from a midterm election? So what's the real I'm, story? I mean, either, maybe I'm too cynical about this. Uh, that's how it feels But I me. can't imagine that that could naturally occur. I, I agree. It feels as though this there's is engineered something somehow. to foot. Exactly. I mean, I'm... We live in and such again, crazy partisan how, times. How sick is that? So that, if this is politically engineered, then whoever is whoever has started this or whatever is manipulating people who are desperate as political tools. Right. 
So I don't know about that. But I do know this, that as, you know, so I'm sitting this morning watching the national news, and you see this throng of people. It looked like it was from a drone shot. Just a massive, long, winding crowd of people moving forward one step at a time. My hope is this, is that we, you and I, Kath and Mike, and all of our audience as believers, we set aside our cynicism, Mm -hmm. our fear, our anger, our resentment, and instead we pray for these people. We pray for their safety, for their peace, Mm -hmm. for their, for their, their honor and for their beauty as creations of God and that they will arrive to wherever they're supposed to be safely. That's the best I can pray for. I agree. Well, at the same time, it's important to recognize that there are people in America who are going to have a different view on immigration policy than you. Yes. And you have to be able to coexist with people that look at this issue differently. doesn't mean that you have to change your opinion. It doesn't mean you have to become wishy-washy. But it does mean that you have to be kind and you have to be reasonable. Right. So your my position is not pure as the wind-driven snow. No, it's We're a very all, complex issue. All of our positions are based on our own selfishness, our own background, our own cultural understanding, our own economics, all of that. But if we recognize that none of our positions are pure, then maybe we can hear someone who thinks something different, which is what I'm trying to do with the president. Right. I mean, when I hear his rhetoric, I'm put off by it. And it... it it makes it makes me angry. But at the same time, I want to recognize that someone has to police the borders of any country. I, agree. I mean, my husband's from Canada. Look, you can't get into Canada if you don't have a job. Can we? Uh, who okay, wants can, open Canadian, borders? Canadians aren't taking anybody. Okay, so it seems like people who are interested in open borders act like everyone around the country has open borders but us. But right. that's just not the case. And all of a sudden, we're the bad guys right. because I mean, we don't allow this no, to happen. I mean, it's, it's a very complex issue. So let's pray for some wisdom, yeah. some peace, some safety. And that's a good word. The, the idea of a, you know sanctuary and all that, that's a, an, another issue. But right. also, too, pray for the president, that there is wisdom and nuance in his life, and that as these people move forward, whether they're all young men, old women, babies, whatnot, that there is peace and security, that they are fed, that they are given some sort of comfort as they move to an uncertain future. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Katie Pavlich of townhall.com for the Salem Radio Network. The first big electoral test for President Donald Trump will take... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.